Right, so this week's room, millennials versus baby boomers. What's my view on this? Uh, oh, God, it's interesting because I, my view probably, and I, I probably wait for the room to really warm up, but um, in, the, in the world of, of uh, from technology perspective, um, I would take a spin on, on, you know, the baby boomers being the newbies, everyone that's born in that generation of, you know, the whole social platform, um, doing things differently um, versus, you know, the people like my <laughs> my parents and, you know, maybe beyond, maybe not just my parents, but, you know, my older brothers and sisters that are, are struggling with, with different things that I now see that, you know, they see that they, their younger children are, you know, it's the norm. So that's what my spin is on millenniums, I can't even say the word, versus baby boomers is at mm. the moment. Interesting. We'll see if your opinion changes throughout. Um, mm -hmm. Well, let's see how it goes. Michelle, welcome. Uh, how are things and what is your opinion? Hello, Michaela. I'm sat right next to Carol. <laughs> And we're at the Royal Society of Arts having a meeting, so um, we're trying to be quite quiet. Um, so I won't, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do what Carol did and say I'm going to wait for the room to warm up a bit and um, and sort of listen into everybody's perspectives before I make a judgment. Is that all right? Just because we've got lots of people around us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Don't be in there offending everybody. I'm, I'm going to guess that you're surrounded by millennials as well, given Carol's take on things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> ah, lovely stuff. Right. Well, I'll. Um, okay. So I'll start with, I guess, my opinion on this, um, and how this come about because we've had um, struggles over the years employing people of all different generations, all kinds of different diverse people. Um, and my conclusion over the whole thing is, when it comes to work ethic, I think baby boomers and older generations have a far stronger work ethic and I don't know what's happened in the education system or just in society in general that has caused that but I find in general and there are exclusions as well but in general that older generations are prepared to come in and graft they'll come in on time they don't have time off sick there's no dramas there's no huge issues they come in they enjoy working they do the job and they get off with millennials i am finding there's more like dramas there's more chaos there's more like just dealing with their own life issues seems to be more challenging um and maybe older people have learned to deal with that and the dramas are behind them and they're ready to focus on work and their careers um so I mean, I just employ everybody and anybody, to be honest. But if I could pick people, then it would be from a, an older generation, those who are just a bit more settled, I guess, in their lives and a bit more comfortable. That being said, millennials are just um, far better at technology and they bring lots of new ideas and the enthusiasm they have. But for me, it's about the work ethic. I want people who are going to come in and graft and work hard and and want to be there as well and, you know, like, show that they want to be there and... Um, make you feel like 
they enjoy the job as well and it's not just like you're a stepping stone and they want to move on to something else afterwards you know I feel a bit used and abused and all that um so if anybody would like to jump in Carol on this then uh, yeah definitely now that you've put you've shared your view on that um Michaela yeah I can see where you're coming from and I suppose from a from a, a sector specific because you know you're in construction and well you're providing services in one part of your business to construction and in the other element you're um, you, you're running a construction business um, and if I look at some of the the bigger organizations in construction yeah there there's there's a lot of senior people that have been there in business for a long time and you're right you know they they will come come to work even if they don't feel well they'll still you know do what they need to do because you know from their generation it's about getting up earning a living paying the bills blah 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 whereas the younger ones are very much at the the drop of the hat oh my god i got a cold or i'm dying or they go out on a sunday night knowing that they should be in work but they'll be phoning in sick and you can then see the trend so yeah i i yes i I hear what you're saying in that one, and I can can agree um, to to quite a bit of extent on that. But it's interesting, and it'd be great to hear. Sorry, I've got the red bar from others' perspective. Is this a, a common thing across businesses, different types of businesses, or would one biz, you know, one sector type be completely different to the other? Yeah, yeah, because it is. I mean, it's such a a big generalization but I, I think it as well it is is it a you thing is it an age thing or is it a generational thing is it that society has changed now and we expect less from people than perhaps what was expected in previous generations because I know when I was younger I was just like constantly hungover in work and always and always going out and ringing in sick at any given opportunity and that was my age i don't but i do actually just fall into the millennials category um so maybe i would be a nightmare employee as well to be fair go on melanie sorry do you know i think though i think you can have someone who turns up every day on time and not bring drama to the workplace but then they can just prod along and are they as productive? If you've got someone who is energised, full of ideas, and yes, taking more time off, but while they're in the workplace are far more productive and do so much more, bring more to the table, fresh ideas, using technology more so that they don't have to be in the office nine to five. And just going back to, you know, people phoning in sick, I think that after the pandemic, we've we've kind of changed our thought process now because now we don't want people coming in and spreading their germs and wiping out a whole team. You kind of want people to recover. And if they can work from home, if they're not really ill and they can work from home but not just come into the office, I think that works. I just think we need to look at how we do business in a different way these days and adapt more. I think both... Baby boomers and millennials bring something to the table. Both of them do. Baby boomers bring expertise and experience, life experience. But, you know, I think the millennials bring fresh ideas and, and work differently and willing to work in, in a different way that's more flexible, that kind of can, can bring more production to a business, personally, I think. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great point. Times are changing and they change with with generations. Um, and I agree with pretty much all of with all of what you've said, really, Melanie. Um, let, let's see what everybody else says. So welcome, Lisa, Alison, Jess and Mark. And Jess and Mark are both in recruitment, so I'd be interested in finding out what their opinions are and actually placing people as well, who, who is the easiest to place. But um, we'll take it in order. So, Lisa, I've not spoken to you forever. How are things? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, no, long time no speak. And, you know, I saw this pop up last night while I was um, kind of watching the telly and I thought, oh, I haven't got any work as such with clients today, so I'm going to jump in. Do you know, it's really interesting because I am, you know, the millennial and then I have three children who are all a lot younger, obviously. So my twins are 18 um, and my oldest is 33. And I have to say, all both of those, those three kids, well, all three of those kids have a very different outlook. I think I agree with so much of what everybody was, was talking about. You know, I, I grew up with a father who had his own business, but basically he used to say, you know, if you haven't got the money, you can't have it. So the only way you're going to have it is to work hard and you're going to have to graft in whatever you choose to do to, to earn the money. You know, and I remember at 15 years old working in hairdressers for £6 a morning, not an hour, a morning. And it kind of gave me that real drive and passion that, do you know what, if I want to go out and buy any clothes or I want to go out in the evening, then I'm going to have to work really hard to earn that money because nobody is going to give it to me. Nobody's going to hand it to me on a plate. And so I've kind of always gone through my life like that, which is probably where in some cases the scarcity money mindset came from because I was a bit like, oh, I can't not have anything because it means that I won't be able to have what I want. Fast forward all those years now to my, my twins who are 18 and I've got a boy and a girl. They're very different, you know, um, and it was interesting what one of um, the ladies was saying, and I think it might be Melanie. Um, Tom is very academic, but very switched on, very entrepreneurial. He set up a gaming business using Discord, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He generates phenomenal amount of money by sitting on his bottom in his bedroom. That's his mindset, right? Then I've got my daughter. And he's very much like my mindset, as in work hard, you get what you get. My daughter is a completely different kettle of fish, right? She's a bit like money hits her pocket, it goes out. But she works a little part-time job. She gets um, £12 an hour. She works with the horses. Does she enjoy it? Absolutely not, right? But I said to her, and she's horsey. So I said to her, you might not like it, but if you want to earn money to go and buy clothes or you want to go out, you are going to have to graft. And, and yes, she goes and does it now, but it's a very different mindset. I have to kind of kick her up the arse, whereas Tom, not at all. And isn't it interesting how I've got two kids with that mindset? But I do think the way our children are is they lead, we, we as parents lead by example. So I think, you know, they both see us working really hard to get what we have. So that still is ingrained in them, but they're so different that actually they operate in different ways to earn their money. So they both have a different work ethic. Does that make sense, Michaela? Yeah, absolutely perfect sense. But I just don't know, like, I, I look at my children, they growing up in the world as it is now and wonder what what they're going to be like what is what is life actually going to be like for them are they going to be bothered to go to work and and how do you sorry i'm in like the noisiest hotel on the planet how do you um 
how do you make them want to work if they already have everything? You know, I'm trying to not make them be spoiled, but if you want to provide them everything because you want to be a great parent, but also you don't want to have somebody who's then going to live with you till the fall. Yeah, but I think they see how you work. And I think, you know, nothing in life is free, is it? You know, nothing is. So, yes, it's harder for them, 100%. I have to say, you know, rightly or wrongly, I struggle with, I would struggle and I still struggle with the fact that somebody like, one of the high street retailers wants to pay my child £4.90 an hour. To me, that's just like slave labour. So I'm very much of the opinion, do you know what, guys? You know, do something on your own or make sure you are paid for what you're worth. Because, you know, I do think the some of that younger generation are looked at, oh, they're only young, they just need a bit of a job with some work experience. So I, that, I struggle with that massively, that somebody would only think that, giving them £4.59 or whatever it is an hour is is what they're worth. So that's the bit I struggle with from how a younger generation is looked at. And I'm not sure that motivates them, to be really, really honest. I don't know what anyone else thinks. Hmm. I have mixed views on it because I think sometimes to ask to work for next to nothing, that does, that makes your graph just like you were saying, you was on the £6 a mile in my first job. I was 12 and I'm on £2.10 an hour cleaning tables. And I think then you do have... You, you appreciate it then when you go into your proper career or the next run on the ladder, you appreciate the money that that you're getting and the graft is is in you because you've had to graft doing some really rubbish jobs. Um, so I'm not sure how, I don't I don't really know where I sit on that because you know, I, you don't want to pay people pittance, but at the same time, do people need it as a life lesson? Mm, I'm not sure. I'll go round the room and we'll see what people are saying. Hey, Alison, how are you? What's your opinion? Hello, Michaela. I'm very well, thank you. Great to be in your room again. And fabulous topic. So I am not a millennial. I'm a Gen X myself. And just listening to Lisa's story, pretty similar uh, when I did my psychology internship, I pretty much got paid pittance, nothing really. I I'm sure it was probably borderline living wage uh, because I understood that I was being allowed to complete my studies uh, for a two-year internship in an organization that would give me, you know, allow me to, to then complete that course of work that I had started and register. And at the same time, they recognized that, uh, that I was being paid pittance, so I was allowed to have a second job, which I did. I had a, a waitressing job three or four evenings in the week. Um, and, and then roll forward like 25, 30 years, I'm interviewing project managers. And it, it was quite, I had to really keep myself in check because I guess we all take our own stories into the workplace, don't we? So we all take our own experiences and new graduates coming in expecting really quite big salaries. And for me, that was quite because of my own experience and the, and the two years where I'd earned very little, that was really strange for me that that was the expectation. And, um, you know, there are going to be differences in in our upbringings. There's going to be differences in our viewpoints, and there's going to be differences in our beliefs. 
and and this and the way that we are uh, what's the word that I'm thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the word groomed, but it's not the right word. It has got such a terrible connotation, that word, if you know what I mean. Um, and I think the thing is just to really be able to be open and honest about it. And actually, maybe there is, a, thank goodness, the world has moved on from paying students who've finished, in, you know, finished their degrees pittance and expecting them to have a second job. I, I just remember being exhausted for two years while I was completing my internship. I'm not sure how valuable I was actually to the organization um, and whether or not I was just doing a tick box exercise just to get it done so that I could move on to something that was going to pay me a better salary. Um, so I'm not sure where I stand on this. I'm also really interested to hear what everybody else has got to say. Thanks, Michaela. I'm done speaking. Yeah, sorry, fire away, Nichelle. And it's, Nichelle, do you mind just longing this out as well for a couple of minutes because I'm just into the toilet. <laughs> as long as you put yourself on mute, I will. That's all <laughs> right. You. I'm here, Michaela, don't worry. Um, uh, right, okay, so I'm not sure that this is as easy to differentiate as millennials versus baby boomers at all. I think it's it's an individual experience that people have that then you know shapes them but it's also there's a cultural uh, aspect to this because you have some cultures that are much more uh, heavy on work ethic and have that sort of respecting their elders and going in and grafting as you do as northern yorkshire lasses um, <laughs> um, but also you have you know the for example nigeria are really um big on entrepreneurship and it's you know it's kind of expected you know you'll get a doctor who's also do on the side doing something else as a side hustle and you know so it, i think culturally there is um a kind of thing going on there um and obviously with millennials they went through the um, sorry with the baby boomers they went through the war so they've got that element of you know um we don't expect we're not in an uber society where it's you know touch of a button and everything gets delivered to you you have to graft for it you have to work for it you have to work it out because they didn't have you know they were on rations and and they had to be resilient and move around their homes if they were bombed and you know and all that sort of stuff so the experiences obviously shape us and our environment and then our upbringing. So I'm not sure that it's necessarily one versus the other. I think, you know, my three kids, um, I've been on my own for eight years now. They're all quite entrepreneurial. Um, you know, they've done little side hustles at school and they've had lemonade stands and, you know, made their own pocket money. I haven't been handing them out and giving them, you know, things. They're all sort of 16, 19 and 21 now. I'm not buying them a car. I'm not going to buy them a house. What I am doing is giving them tools to say, Here's how you, um, you know, get a lifetime ISA and here's how you save and for a buy-to-let deposit. Um, my daughter is currently at university. She's got a job where she's tutoring. And, and this is really interesting as well because she has identified her worth really early on in terms of her hourly rate. So she was working at a pop-up pub in um, London during the summer holidays last, uh, last, last summer, obviously, and was getting like 10, 11 quid an hour. Then she got into um, a tutoring agency that paid £20 an hour. So now she's working less for more. Then she's just in, she's also doing a degree. She's doing fine art and history of art. And she eventually wants to do art psychotherapy. But on the side, she's also um, uh, learning. She's on a yoga course um, that is part online and part in person. 
uh, for the next nine months, that's going to give her £45 an hour. And then if she does one-on-ones, £65 an hour. So she is she's scaling up her own hourly rate. And if I knew that at her age, at sort of 20, I, you know, I wish I, you know, I mean, obviously yoga wasn't, you know, what a no-brainer to do something that you can have as a backup you can travel the world with and whilst you're at university and you're studying or you're you know starting out a business or whatever you can still bring the money in and you can teach it you know breath work and yoga to all your mates at university she's already helping them all with anxiety (laughs) through breath work so you know there's a whole load of stuff there that um we can give our kids the tools we can't drag a horse to water you can give them the tools to make them thirsty right um my middle one is quite entrepreneurial again um I was lucky enough to be able to afford to put all three through boarding school myself. Um, And when the kids weren't there, I would rent their rooms out on Airbnb. (laughs) I would then give the kids a cut of that Airbnb, um, that that, uh, income. And they then realised that they needed properties to rent out as an income a passive income so it's it's how you shape and like lisa said your kids watch you um i'm quite a grafter you know i come from a yorkshire northern you know hard-working middle-class family and um and uh you know i i've my mum has always worked hard and so that's in in you know that's in me um, my kids see that now whether they will or, or not you know take that energy forward and do the same thing it's, you know, they'll be shaped by that environment and then whatever choices they make in life. So, yeah, I'm not sure it's as clean cut as this generation versus that generation. Um, and I think everybody needs to be valued for who they are rather than, you know, we had this conversation in the Winners Club this morning. Somebody started calling all the young people snowflakes. I was like, whoa, that's so disrespectful. Like, let's not lump them all together. Everybody, everybody is individual and has their own worth. So I will land my plane. Hope that's been long enough, Michaela. Back to you. <laughs> yes, thank you, Nichelle. I'm back outside. I mean, the, the hotel Harrison used to take us to as well. The Hard Rock. It's the noisiest one in London. So apologies. Um, and yeah, I caught I caught the end of that. Um, so yeah, thanks to you. It is difficult because we've got to generalise because this is what the topic is. Like, is there a difference in these generations? I think fundamentally that there absolutely is because just society is different, the world is different. But it's are there any benefits to each of these generations now? Um, I'll continue going around. I know Jess, um, Mark, Sarah, and Mary. Thanks for joining us on stage. So I'll come over to you, Jess. Obviously in recruitment, do you have a strong opinion on this? A slight opinion? What are you saying? Hello. Yeah, it's good to good to be back. I I'm probably um, probably a little on the fence. I'm um, really from the millennial side of things, but my grandparents had a big part of my upbringing. They were the baby boomer side of things. So I think, in terms of me personally, I think I probably have like a mix of mix of both in terms of the way that they the way that they work and maybe the way they see work and, and that side of things. And I think that's actually probably been really good for me, um, you know, having to take jobs when, you know, jobs that you, you kind of didn't want to take, but you've had to take it for, you know, money reasons, that's kind of things being installed in by my grandparents, always working since having a paper round, those sorts of things. I think that has been really influential for me. But as a millennial side of things, I think we kind of see millennials as wanting that, like work-life balance that flexible working and to be honest they are the reasons I set up my recruitment business so I also have that side of things it's not that I don't want to work but it's just that I want to incorporate it in a way 
that works for my family, my children, etc. So um, I can kind of see see both things. I don't think you know one's better than the other to have in your team. I think it's probably good to have a good mix um, because that way you've got all these different attributes that you can use from a recruitment perspective. Um, I don't know if Mark will see things differently. I mean, in my sector, I recruit solely, um, you know, permanent salaried roles, um, predominantly within surveying. So that can be quite a mix. I do tend to to work with more like chartered surveyors. So I, I, I guess they tend to be kind of, you have to excuse me because I don't know kind of all the tiers of like millennials, generation X, etc. But a lot of them probably fit in between millennials and baby boomers, um, some into millennials. And obviously I can baby boomer side, probably more those that have either like set up on their own or they are, some of them obviously come into retirement as well. Um, so it's quite hard quite hard to say like what's easier to work with because I do work with a mix and and to be honest they all have their own they all have their own kind of attributes and and <laughs> their own difficulties when recruiting but um on a whole they all seem across the board very driven um obviously very career focused um that kind of surveying environment that's just how I've always found it so yeah I think I'm probably pretty much sitting on the fence but it would be interesting to see what mark says if he's coming from kind of a different side of recruitment look at that jess it's seamless it's seamless <laughs> um afternoon everybody uh, sorry i was a little bit late to join in um first of all apart from old because i was born in 73 i've got no idea what i am what what do i category do i fall into because i i, I yeah i mean officially i even had to google this over the last 10 minutes to to find out who falls into what category and and I, I, it's just a little bit bizarre to me personally speaking but i think this is a massive massive topic that deserves way more and could easily go way more than than the conversation that we're having today first of all um there is a massive generational difference not just in the jobs that we do in construction but in day-to-day -day life i'm going to give you two examples why there is I think the last 30 years has seen the biggest change in these two topics that it will ever, ever see in life. Firstly, 30 years ago, who had a mobile phone in their pocket? Who had a mobile phone in their pocket? First of all, who had one? Secondly, who had one that could actually do anything bar take a phone call or play snake games or whatever the original mobiles did and stuff like that? Secondly, which is a much bigger issue that we've been talking about for months and months and months now, which is what Mikhailo is driving. You look at the differences in a generation of 30 years between what men and women are perceived, the roles that they are perceived to me meant to hold. So 30 years ago, let's be all, let's all be honest, 30 years ago, the tradition was wife stays at home, does all the housework, blah, 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 man goes to work, brings the money in. Firstly, that's massively archaic, and we all agree on that. Secondly, look at the change that we've had over the last 30 years. There's still a huge way to go. We know that. So I'm not sure that actually it's a generational thing. I think it's more a cultural thing, to be honest with you. And, and those are just two examples. We could have picked hundreds and hundreds of different examples. In terms of personally, from a recruitment point of view, um, I cover across all of them. So all the stuff that I do is permanent from salaries from 50K to a quarter of a million. So invariably, you know, we are covering all age ranges um, from probably from mid to, it's crazy. We're getting in the house building industry now, we're getting people 
in their mid mid twenties, late twenties, being paid fifty, sixty grand. It's madness. I'm not sure I've answered anybody's questions here or given anything to talk around, but for me, it is more of a cultural change because of the generational shift that we're having in life, as opposed to the difference between, I don't know, Gen X, Gen Z, millennials, baby boomers, whatever terminology you want to use. So I'm not sure whether I've just dropped a grenade and I'm just going to back out or not. <laughs> I feel like you've not really given me a strong opinion there, Mark, but just lots I'm more issues. I'm on the fence. <laughs> you are. You've got a spiky bum. Um, all right. Yeah, fair enough. And interesting, yeah, interesting analysis of it. But I really want somebody to tell me this is what I prefer. This is this is who I prefer and these are the reasons why. Um, and everybody to stop being so polite. Okay. Okay. Do you know what then? I'm, I'll, I'll get off the fence, right? I'll get off the fence. My daughter's 13 in five weeks. I prefer her generation. <laughs> there you go. Because, and I can only go off my personal experience, not only with my daughter, but I coach um, uh, a girls football team, 12, 13 year old kids, uh, 12, 13 year old girls. The appetite that they have at school, uh, the sport that they do, the, dream, the dreams and aspirations that they have, and I know a lot of the girls that are in my squad. I've got 16 girls of 12 and 13 years old. I think there's only two or three that don't have some form of sideline in terms of creating some form of income. Whether that's come from parents, whether it's come from grandparents in terms of the motivation or the inspiration to go out and work or the drive for them to do that, I can't answer that. Um, I think I'm, I'm 49 soon. And this is being generalist, but I'm getting off the fence. I think that mid-range of people who are currently between 25 and 35, generally speaking, sorry, I'm going to offend somebody, but Michaela forced me to get off the fence. Um, I think my generation worked harder than that mid-range generation, but I think the next generation coming through are going to drive uh, so much change. So, Michaela, you have forced me to do that. And if I get berated for this, I'm going to be coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame me for your opinion. You're going to die on that ill mark. Um, <laughs> but thank you for having an opinion, though. Appreciate it. Uh, I do slightly disagree. I think older generations, I, I just think they work harder. I think they have a different take on things. I think the next generation is relying on technology, which is great. It's going to change the world. I agree with all of that. But um, as employees, um, find them to be a bit more lesser that's my opinion i'll die on that hill okay i'll come off the fence as well then mckay for you i actually um i think i prefer the younger generation i find that the older generation yes they work hard they turn up on time and there's little dramas from their home life that they're bringing in but they don't adapt to change very quickly. Um, they quite often don't understand why a business has to change and revolve. They can be quite difficult to get them to do anything differently outside of the norm. Whereas I think younger people bring in such fresh ideas and if they're inspired, they have so much energy to, to do things and to look at doing something different and bringing something different to the table. So. I definitely prefer, and plus as well, you can mould someone younger when they come into the business to work the way you want them to work and to kind of take the model of, of where you want to drive your own business. 
and they seem to be more into environmentally friendly kind of um, ways to work. They're, they're so much more aware of their environment than the older generation, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that, Melanie. I think I think that is true, especially the adapter, the adaptability part as well, and um, willing to take on change. Yeah, that it, it is more challenging, I guess, with the older generation. I see Chris flashing um, like mad. Saw so, um, Mary Elliott, Sarah. I'm going to pop back to Raul and Chris. Feel free to jump in. Hi. Uh, good afternoon. Yeah, I think every generation thinks the next generation have got it easy. And I think you can go back to probably medieval times and think, oh, you know, we never had a plough. Look at them. They've got a plough and they can use a horse. And the next generation says, oh, we used to have a horse. Now they've got a tractor. They've got it easy. And then the next generation will be, oh, they've got an autonomous tractor. You know, they've got it easy. And, <clears throat> and they always think that the next generation are weaker or less empowered. And I think it's all... Um, a load of rubbish. I think. Uh, I think it doesn't make sense because it. <clears throat> it's about evolution. If every generation was weaker, then we wouldn't have evolved. So, um, so, and also with staff, I think you can have dickheads who are fifty, and you can have dickheads who are twenty, and um, and the purpose of a leader is to get the best out of whatever team that you're given. You can't always pick. You know. A Man United team, you're going to end up with some people that are lazy, some people that are, are uh, hard workers, and you've got some people that are bright and some people that are not bright. And as a leader, you have to motivate all of them. So, yeah, that's my opinion. I don't think there's any difference. It's about how you manage them and get the best out of them. And uh, I think that people are just making excuses. So that's me. Thanks. Yes, I love that, Chris. But I don't know why you went with United there. I'm guessing you support United, dear. No, I'm a cough kid. So I support, if I have to support anyone, I think you should support the town. Coventry's a, not a great football team and they've only got one trophy. And, um, you know, um, agrophobics go for therapy sessions at the cough ground. <laughs> there aren't that many people there. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, no, I just use that as an example I remember when I was a first uh, became a manager, I went to my boss and said, look, I, I, I've got people in my team I don't think are good enough and I want to swap them out and bring other people in. And he said, you're the manager, you're the leader. You're not doing that. You're going to make them. You're going to develop them. That's your job. You know, if you've got a brilliant team, you don't need a brilliant manager. The manager and the leader's job is to motivate and get the best out of, you know, um, the... the the people that aren't the full Monty, uh, I hire for attitude, not for skill. You can train for skill, but you can't train for attitude. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's 100% correct. And I, I'm of that same opinion as well uh, with regards to the attitude. Um, but again, my opinion is the older generation have a better attitude towards work. In general, this is in general, I have a lot of young people working for me as well, but in general, I find that it's easier to manage and work with an older generation because I'm not having to say, oh, why are you off sick again? And all the conversations that I can't be asked having as an owner of a business. Um, but yeah, let's let's take it around the room. Murray, what are you saying? Oh, hi, guys. I'll make it quick because I'm driving. But really interesting conversation 
kitchen actually and I agree and disagree with different things that have been said um, Melanie I think a little bit of a generalization in terms of the older generation being set in their ways I get it it will be a large percentage but I think a lot of the older generation they are hard-working and they have adapted to change not all of them I'll, I'll agree there not all of them but certainly I think as times have changed and the world has opened up I think people have been willing to um, adapt. In the past, when I've had big teams of people working for me, I've got to be honest, if I look at um, the youngsters, as much as they're fearless, they, they know about mindset now, they know, they believe in themselves, the world is a much smaller place because of social media, et cetera, et cetera. But with them, they're there for five minutes and then they're gone because they've got, they have the dreams. They, they literally believe anything is possible, which is great because that's the world is. But they don't stay five minutes or if they do, you know, it, they're not there that very long. I, I, I personally think working with people that have more experience, that are hardworking, that's always worked for me, to be fair. But one thing I do love about the youngsters is that they're fearless. I, I look at the um, people in their 20s and everything. Like I say, I, I've got friends, they're kids, they start businesses. I've got one friend who she's now traveling the world and she's running her business from her tour of Singapore and everywhere. And I think, wow, they think anything's possible. They believe it. I think when we were younger, uh, like I say, I'm, and I'm a lot older than most people on here, actually. Um, when I look at that, I think we were, not all of us, but a lot of us would, did go down that route of, oh, you know, be a wife, be a mother. That comes first before career, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For me, I've adapted because obviously my kids are grown and I've come out of a marriage where I was sort of expected to do that. And now I'm on a new road. But then I look at my kids and I look at uh, my 24-year-old and she's got a business going she's in partnership with me in another business and she'll literally say to, to me mum I can do anything and and that's the way you should be so I'm a bit on the, not on the fence because like I say I do believe hard-working mature people um, they will be there for you and there isn't the excuses a lot of the youngsters that used to work for me they'd be ringing in oh, I'm sick today and it wasn't they just had a late night and they couldn't be able to get up and again, I'm not going to generalise about them. That's not all young people, but that's my opinion anyway. Yes, no, thank you. Thanks, Mary, for having an opinion and, and sharing it with us. Because I feel like most people have opinions, but they also don't like to share it because everybody likes being polite. So it's really good to hear the honest truth from people. So appreciate it, Mary. Um, Sarah, you've been on stage for ages, not seen you forever. How are things? And um, what are you saying about this? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I actually think it comes down to the bias. We all, you know, we all naturally have a bias towards one thing or another uh, because of our upbringing, the way in which our parents have been brought up, et cetera, et cetera. The area that we live in, if we've travelled, where we've worked, who we've interacted with, people that have had a big impact on our lives. So we will always have, always go to our natural bias. So therefore, if you prefer somebody, then you're going to prefer that generation naturally because that's where your bias is now i've got um, a 10 and a 12 year old uh, i'm 41 my parents are baby boomers i'm actually a zennial which is the 
which is the funny little gap between 1975 and 1985 where you grew up in analog so you had no mobile phones if you wanted a phone home you had to use a phone box and you stayed out till the you know the it was dusk etc but when i was at school so my last couple of years of um, secondary school there was computers so therefore i learned computers as they were sort of evolving into mainstream so when i then went into work i already was massively computer literate so therefore i got more opportunities to do stuff because people that were baby boomers didn't they were having to learn at the same time as me but i had a younger mindset as well so it's, it is really you know it is a really funny one and going back to something lisa said like me and lisa know each other uh, we've got kids that have got horses etc and my 12 year old will work at the stables for free because she wants to be an equine vet she, she's got her own horse but she works all day on saturdays and every school holidays for completely free she gets riding lessons she gets loads of opportunities and the more time she spends with horses now and seeing when the vet comes out she hangs around and listens to the conversations she's sucking all that stuff in so therefore when she then goes and does the things she needs she's already got relationships with the vet she's highly likely to get an internship at that vet which is an amazing opportunity for her when she goes to uni so i think you have to look at your own pathways and actually think is it worth me doing this stuff for free and you see it a lot in business people you know they launch a business with no experience no um no results for off the back of what they do but they charge these massive amounts of money and it's the same as i think i think it was melanie said it the, or um you know they come into a job and they expect huge amounts of money coming straight from uni but actually they they need to work up to a bigger amount of money so there's so much that goes into it but my take on this is it's a bias thing so what your personal bias towards a group of people and the way you've brought up and what makes you as a person is what it comes down to i personally prefer because i work with them baby boomers because i like their mindset and and the, most people that i work with are actually looking to learn but then teaching my children they think they, they they know it all because they've seen it on TikTok or they've seen it on Instagram or they've seen a YouTuber tell them how to do something, which is highly funny when they get told the wrong things. But hey ho, that's me. Thanks for letting me speak. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Sarah. I love that. Um, one major thing I've took from that is I'm a zenial. I thought I was a millennial. You've just aged me instantly. I didn't even know that was a thing, but uh, yeah, apparently that's me. I was born next for. Um, but yeah, I agree. And you know what? This is generalising. So I say um, I prefer working with an older generation because they're easier to manage. But in reality, within my business, I actually have more um, millennials working for me. Far more, actually. It outweighs it. Um, and, you know, it does come down to me. It's about diversity. You need a good mix because the old can learn from the young and the young can learn from the old equally as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just love to hear people's true, honest opinions on things and not... Um, not dance about the subject what do you actually think and feel um victor welcome i've not spoke to you for oh sorry elliot i'll come back to you in a sec not spoke to you forever victor how are things and, and what do you think things are going well it has been a while we need to catch up uh do a zoom or something so um <clears throat> i often describe myself as the oldest living millennial <laughs> and the reason i say that is because years ago when i was in my 20s i was very independent thinking i wanted to i was working for 
a large corporation, but I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to sleep until seven o'clock and wake up at eight and go to work at nine and leave at three and become a multimillionaire. And so um, my observation over the last, I would say over the last decade has been we transitioned from what we used to refer to uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, as young professionals. And then uh, over the uh, decade, uh, the distinction between baby boomers, Generation X, and uh, Generation Y was talked about a lot, probably uh, eight years ago, nine years ago, maybe. And then through the past, I would say, four or five years, then we've talked Uh, added Gen Z to the conversation. I think in many ways, oftentimes, Generation X gets a bit left out, which is another conversation. But one of the challenges, uh, and I've faced it, is what do I need to do to increase my skills and ability to communicate with the millennial generation? Clearly, in many organizations, and my organization is no exception, uh, we we have more millennials in leadership than any other generation, uh, and that's beginning to happen uh, throughout many uh, companies in uh, in Birmingham, in in particular, and in general. I think it's the case throughout the state of Alabama and across America, and uh, we just formed uh, a culture committee. Uh, at my organization, and that committee is comprised of all the generations, and we talk about the challenges, the frustrations, things that aren't going well. Uh, we we read a, a book. Um, uh, I think this book is about the Netflix organization and how they face certain scenarios, and there's some other books that talk about candor in the workplace, and I think the key uh, to the conflicts, the challenges, the fact that baby boomers like Victor Brown will work 10 to 12 hours a day and on Saturday and Sunday, and maybe uh, my millennial colleague might work 40 or 50 hours a week, but maybe that 40 or 50 hours a week isn't at the same time. I'm in the office, but by and large, learning uh, about the way that the millennial generation works and them appreciating the way that the baby boomers work hopefully can be uh, an answer to helping to ease some of the conflict. Now, in with this, uh, many of the small businesses that I'm working with in Birmingham have incredible uh, willingness to take risk, willingness to uh, learn from those that have come before them how to make a difference in growing their companies, increasing their revenue, uh, client acquisition, customer acquisition, hiring employees. So it's great. It's not a perfect world, but certainly uh, I see there's some light at the end of the tunnel for the future. This is Victor, and I'm done speaking.
Yes, thank you, Victor. Yeah, it's important. It's the balance, isn't it? It definitely is about the balance and being able to learn off each other and the mutual respect as well. And I think we're seeing that more the older generation now respecting the younger generation instead of, I guess, times gone by where they was just very dismissive, dismissive of them. Um, so, yeah, appreciate that, Victor. Thanks for your input. Elliot, what are you saying, my friend? Elliot, oh, I was trying to run. I was trying to run. Mike. Oh, I was trying to run. Mike, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't always get to get time to come into your room. So I've, I've been doing some stuff in the background, listening. Uh, really fascinating conversation, Michaela. Um, I don't know that I um, that I've ever fitted into any um, whatever we class it will be we're being classed as. If I'm totally honest, I don't think my history of what I do and the way I do things is like any particular generation. I sort of have done my own shit the way I do it, um, wrong or right. It's uh, it's got me to where I am. I'm still alive still alive and kicking and and doing what i've got to do but i can i can say that um i always try and um look at where every generation does things and how they do it right and wrong and and sort of learn by those things because that's just the way i have sort of ed have educated myself on you know boots on the ground so to thing or so to speak if that's what you want to call it but but when i've the the, the most successful things that i've done over the last sort of 20 years um have been with, um, dare I say, maturer people. There have been people in the business, potentially, some businesses that have been younger, um, uh, but I don't know that I really experienced that until the last maybe two to three years where I've had to work really closely with people that are you know, in their 20s. Um, and uh, dare I say that I, I, see, I see a lot of um, this sort of younger wannapreneur generation, um, where, where they fit, I don't know, so just bear with me on this, um, that... That I think they think that it's just going to happen for them. This isn't for everybody. And obviously, I heard what you said, Mary. And I I know people with kids that have you know got businesses and things like that. My 13-year-old doesn't seem to be that interested right now in doing that as much as I've talked to him for the last two or three years. And I'm sure he will be when he's ready. And I've got a 26-year-old son who, um, yeah, definitely is a very, very rough, uh, very rough diamond. Um, and he lives in North of Wales. And so from that point of view, you know, there's very little to do up there apart from sell the things that you probably shouldn't be selling. And there's nothing else really do there. Now, I've tried to get him and pull him away from that life. He is entrepreneurial to a certain extent, but definitely in the wrong way. And I'm not saying I wasn't, as people know some of my backstory, that I wasn't, but I bucked my ideas up by a younger age. He's nearly 26 this uh, August. But it's where you, you're brought up and the surroundings you're around. And he's he was brought up by his mum and, and the, the people that are around him. And that, I think, um, unless you've got a very strong will and a very strong mind to buck the trend, um, you're often going to get soaked into that life that's around you and 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 look at the opportunities you've got available to you there when you see other people doing it and i and i'm that sort of gives a bit of a segue to what i've seen with some of the younger people that want to um, help to run a business or want to have their own business and things like that and i don't think they put the same effort in you know they i don't i just don't think that there's the right blend um dare i say it's not a balance right but i don't think they have the right blend right now some do but then you know, let's look back over time. You know, not everybody's an entrepreneur. Not everybody's a business owner. Some people are workers. Some people are laborers. You know, that's where, you know, humans are so diverse and it takes your personality and your skill sets to fit into where you feel comfortable, I suppose. Not everybody does. Um, and so is it the fact that 
I think that there is the younger generation. I'm not going to label them with, you know, Zs or Xs or, or, or whatever, or baby boomers. But is it just that the younger generation just have access and can are able to visibly see all of these other people that are pretending to be entrepreneurs or influencers or um, or do have businesses? And because it looks easy on social media, like our generation do as well some people put it out there that make it look easy and and put posts out and that then also gives people a false expectation as well so is it that we're just breeding this generation that some are going to be really good and the other people just think that they're sort of worthy of being an entrepreneur and they don't need to put too much effort in because they see so and so doing that and so and so going on a holiday here and so and so's got this car i i don't know it's a confusing world i, I don't know that i'd necessarily want to be you know, in my teens or, or 20s now and, and trying to craft my path in the world that is now, um, we'd cope with it, I'm sure. But I don't I don't know what, what what's going on these days. I just see a lot of wannabes that, that aren't willing to put the time and effort in. And then you've got the complete polar opposite of people that are willing to put all the time and effort in just as we are able, uh, able and willing to do so. And they're the ones that are going to make it. Have things really changed that much? I don't know that they have. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that, Elliot. And you know what I think is important there, though, is I do really admire the next generation because there's so many people now who want to start their own businesses and so many people that are capable of doing so because they have access to so much information that I know I didn't have when I, when I was starting my first business and generations before me as well definitely wouldn't have had. So it, it's, I think it is easier for them, but again, it's the reality and the expectations and it's jumping from education straight into a business and, and thinking because you've you know watched youtube or influences that you're able to do it and there will be exceptions that can but i think you need that work experience and just the grit that you get from that as i said with, with lisa um previously like getting those really shit wages um and that driving you that bit further to wanting to do better and earn more money and and just having the the life a bit of life experience as well so yeah very valid point thank well, you very much just, just one very quick point on that if, if, before you move just move on yeah, there's too much information available in fact really i suppose it's too readily available michaela isn't it there's like you can uh, you could we can access anything we've got an encyclopedia um, and we've got libraries we've got every bit of knowledge there is on the planet pretty well available to us in our hand 24 hours a day and you're absolutely right i think th there's a lot to be said for for actually having the experience of work and business and working within things as well, which many of us did. Now, I think they're coming out of the sort of school and things like that. And because they're seeing everybody doing these things that they, 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 they don't want to have that experience. They want to jump straight into having a business. And, and I've seen that with somebody over the last couple of years um, that's pretty close to me, that it's very difficult for me to explain. Listen, I spent years learning stuff from other people, working with them and learning sales from the ground up and all those things, teaching myself stuff and learning from others. But they, because they can learn in the palm of their hand, it's sort of making them think that they are able to do things that maybe they're just not skilled to do. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, Michaela. Sorry for sort of just carrying on there. 
No, no problem, Elia. And um, yeah, very strong opinion. Love it. Um, what I will say, because I've been utterly useless and not said it yet, is this room is sponsored by the wonderful Big Dog. So sorry for this interruption, but uh, I've tagged them at the top, the pinned. And if any of you have a business and you have any needs for it with regards to like office supplies, shelving, storage, wreckage, uh, they are that absolute specialist. They really support women in business as well, women in construction. They've done loads um, for me, with me, and with uh, my contacts as well. So please do uh, click on the link and check them out. Um, yep, there's a few more people on stage. So I'm going to go uh, Cy, Marvin and Tim, and then we will wrap this thing up because I'm stood outside of a restaurant where my meal is waiting and it's absolutely Baltic in London today. Um, so over to you, Cy, what are you saying? I'm saying, thank God I've got signal again. Uh, now, what, what, what I would say is that the baby boomers were taught and influenced when growing up that they need to do a certain thing. They need to go to school, get a job, then work in a job, then get a pension, which is less than what they were getting when they were struggling to live on anyway. Um, so that's ingrained into them. However, the baby boomers were given the skills. They worked hard to get marketing, sales, and they are the fundamentals of being able to be a good marketer. Apologies, because there's cars going past me. I'm on a six mile walk. Try to lose weight, I'm 20 stone, I need to get a bit thinner. Uh, but the younger people, like what Elliot said, have all access to become a millionaire. But there's too much information there. And people get lazy, unless it's put in front of them in a way to understand it. So if you combine the baby boomer, their skills, and the ability of the young millennials to be able to pick up an iPad at six or seven and be able to navigate to YouTube and search for Pepper the Pig. Whereas the baby boomers struggle with being online, if you could combine the two, I think you'd have a very powerful weapon. So the millennials see how easy it is to be able to pick up, go on social media. When I was at school, I had to learn computers as a lesson because I had to. This now has become part of life. If you're not on social media, then you lose out. So that's my little input. And as you can tell, I'm knackered because I'm too overweight. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Si. Thanks for your input. And uh, good luck on that wall as well. Walk as well. Like, third place. Wow. Not easy. Um, Marvin, I will pull up. I'm sorry for that. Uh, Marvin, um, what you say, mate? It's been a long time as well since I heard from you. How are you doing? No, I've been listening and really enjoying the conversation. I think um, Sai actually uh, touched on some, what I was going to say, which is um, probably going to help you get to your meal sooner rather than later <laughs> <laughs> and get you in the warmth. Um, so I'll, I'll keep it super short. Um, I, I think that so many times um, baby boomers um, or, you know, Gen Xers feel like... Um, they're out of touch or feel like they are behind the curve. Um, but the reality of the situation is, I actually think that to, to size point, they're probably better positioned to, you know, as long as they um, embrace technology and as long as they are open to evolving and are, are open to all of the new things and the resources that are available to us today, 
I really do think that they're better positioned because to size point, they've got the best of both worlds. You know, they've got that hard work mentality and, um, you know, many people sort of back in the day would, if they were working at a company, would stay at that company and be loyal and, you know, work hard and try and work up the ladder. But they can use the examples of that have been set by sort of millennials today to, to, to really sort of seize the day and use technology and all the social media platforms and all of those things. So I think it's about... Um, I don't even feel like it's a versus anymore. I think if you're, you know, whatever um, side of the fence you sit on, as long as you're open to to embracing uh, that evolution, I think you've got the best of both worlds. Because the reality is, even the millennials, at some point, they're going to be um, the, the the behind the curtain, seen as as the older people. Do you know what I mean? And and now we're talking about the metaverse and all of these other things. You've just got to be constantly evolving. And as long as you're open to doing that, I think you're going to be, you know, in the best position possible. Um, and with that, I, I'm, I'm, this is Marvin. I'm done speaking. And enjoy your meal, Michaela, and, and get yourself into the warmth. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marvin. Yeah. And do you know what? I think it's a really good point now, though, that even older generations now are open and willing to learn like you see that more and more where people would close off and they're like this is my experience this is how you do it very rigid with the thoughts where you are seeing more adaptability and they're willing to learn throughout those generations um so yeah great point actually and that one that's been been said before thank you marvin appreciate it um tim welcome um what are you saying i know you've got absolutely tons of kids what's your opinion on this um my oh. My opinion is a bit mixed. Um, my personally, I, I wouldn't want to be someone going into work or into business at the moment. Or as you come out of education, it's so much harder now because in in my industry is that it's still all about practical experience. And as everything, equipment and everything's got so much more expensive, no one's willing to give you that chance. They want you to have had five years experience. But no, you can't get that anywhere. So you've really, it's really hard to get yourself off the ground and, and into the industry because no one wants you to learn on their equipment because you generally, you're going to do some, something will happen. And margins are so tight now, whereas a little, whereas when I was younger, I mean, I wrecked all sorts of things in my first few years of work, but it, it was all, it was sort of by the by. And that's what happened when you employed someone young, but in a couple of years, they turned into a good lad. Um, so it, uh, it's a lot, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot harder. You've got to be a lot more intuitive to, to work around and find someone to take you under the wing and do it. Um, but luckily as there are sort of people like myself that are coming through and realizing this, we are willing to try and train people a bit more, but it's, it gets even harder with the education side of it, because again, you can do so when, when I was in college, we did lots of practical skills power tools, machinery, all sorts, they can't do that in college anymore. They've got to go on an apprenticeship and find an employer that's willing to let them to do it. And then the employer's got to get the insurance and all that kind of thing. And it's getting harder to, and in the end, you end up thinking, I'd be better off trying to find someone who's got a bit of experience behind them. We can pay them a bit more. But so, so it's not easy to get into a position um you know, of having experience behind you where you can be be a, a more worth more of an asset to someone's business, um, or get get the experience. Um 
is certainly I'm finding. Certainly when I was from an area where there was plenty of hours, if you're willing to graft, you could do all right. I've got mates that have bought houses in the 20s because there was 100-hour weeks and you were paid by the hour and if you if you're willing to put your back into it the work was there but it's just it's not not there now it's 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 grafting in a different way you've got to go and get your training and extra education and and your experience elsewhere and that's something that's you've got to um it's quite hard to go and look for that and find it. It is there, but you might have to pay out your own pocket to get some extra training to be to be in a better position to be in. Yeah, do, do you know what, Tim? I think it's a really great point and one that we've not touched on. Obviously, I'm in the construction industry and I feel like this has been quite tech and maybe office-based focus. But yeah, for manual labour jobs, it, it is a struggle. But it's also a struggle to find, well, not millennials, even the next generations who want to do this. Because when you can sit in a nice warm office and, and do your job and you can sit on the internet and do your job, it's far more appealing than going, um, you know, digging up sites or like you working on a farm. That's in, it's um, not as appealing, I guess. And then, like you say, yeah, the training is becoming more difficult as well. And that's why we, we, we're suffering from a skills gap shortage. So um, when it comes to the manual jobs and those who do desire to do it, it, it it's a lot more challenging, I guess, for them and uh, the next generations coming through. So, yes, Tim, lovely to hear from you again. Um, and thank you very much for contributing. And again, everybody, thank you all so much for contributing, getting involved. Um, I'm absolutely freezing. <laughs> Whoever said down safe is warm? I swear it's warmer up north today. I'm shivering. Um, but thank you all so much. If you can check out Big Doug as well, our sponsor, uh, greatly appreciated. See what they do. Um, they're a wonderful company. So if you do need office supplies, then please do go to them. And um, yes, thank you. I guess we'll see you all again next week, 12 until 1. I can't remember what the topic is, but uh, hopefully it will spark as much conversation. So thank you all and have a lovely weekend.